Well, praise the Lord and good day to you. Welcome to Cross Time with Pastor Curtis here on this beautiful Friday morning in Queen City, Texas. I'm Pastor Curtis Hutchinson and we're glad to be with you today. I hope that you would get your Bibles and follow along with us so that you could see what we are discussing today, which will be learning to love what God has placed on His table for us. Learning to love that which God has placed on His table for us. And uh, we're going to have an exciting time in the Lord this morning. We're going we're to have a great time in the truth of God's Word this morning. There is nothing like it anywhere in all the world. There is nothing like the Word of God. And uh, we are, as the disciples of Christ, continuing in His Word, as He said His true disciples would be found doing, continuing in His Word, learning the truth, and the truth making us free each and every day. Hallelujah. Excited about going to Dublin, Georgia this weekend. Robin, my wife, uh, and I are going to uh, Pastor Scotty and Nicole Williams Crossway Fellowship Church there in Dublin, Georgia. We'll be there tomorrow night and Sunday morning, and we're excited about being in fellowship with that good congregation. I call it one of the cross-eyed, determined congregations, and we're just tickled to, to be going and sharing the gospel. You know, most of the time, uh, it's not the cross-eyed preachers that get opportunities to go and minister the great gospel of Jesus and preach it as Paul preached it. Uh, it's, it, 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 churches and preachers want other other things brought in that would uh, maybe grow in numbers or grow uh, financially or something. But I tell you what, let me say this to those of you who find this broadcast on social media. If you want your congregation preacher to grow spiritually, then they need to be listening to ministers preaching God's Word in the context, the only avenue and context in which it was written for growth and that is the message of the cross. Uh, hallelujah. I'm more excited today about the message of the cross than I've been even the first time I heard it and realized that this is it, this is right and this is what turns the light on for all the scriptures. The excitement and joy I had on that initial onset of, of learning this cannot compare to today's light and joy and all the things that God is showing us. And I'm, a, I'm just amazed at the light that shines through the cross onto the pages of the Word of God that reveals our Savior to us more and more each and every day, allowing us to bear more and more fruit which glorifies our Heavenly Father. Praise God. We're going to start out today in Matthew. Matthew chapter 5 is where we'll be. Again, we're going to be discussing today learning to love what God has placed on the table. You know, throughout the years, many have gone into some of these cross preaching, which are the only gospel-centered churches, wherever they might be, whoever they might be, to be gospel-centered is to be cross-centered, focused on Calvary's cross. That's what God looks through, speaks through, works through, and nothing else. And as far as bringing Him glory in the heart of men, God uses the devil, the sun, the wind, the grass, the tree. God's going to be glorified through all things. But you and I as God's people get to experience that glory on the inside, only God's people get to experience Him being glorified on the inside of us. And, 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 and we, need to, we need to learn. And, and, and it really, we're, we're living in an age of apostasy and, and really a famine of truth. A lot of people toting Bibles. A lot of pe people declaring what the Bible says. But we living in a time where there is a huge famine of truth and reality, that which allows the Holy Spirit to guide us and impart to us the liberty and freedom and grace and mercy and, and use us in the different avenues that He's specifically called us to walk in. And, and this morning, thinking about what we would be discussing today, I, I, uh, I realized that 
or the Lord really just ministered this to me this morning, that to love Him, or rather to know Him, is to love Him. (coughs) But to love Him is to obey Him. There's a lot of people that think they know God, think they love God, but they're not obeying God. They're not living according to the, the, they're not living, let me turn that off, they're not living according to the Word of God. And when we hear these things such as this, this statement, to, to know God is to love God, and Jesus taught that to love God is to be found obeying God. So, This either drives us to our knees like it did the Apostle Paul in in desperation. Let me turn this thing off. There we go. These thoughts either drive a Christian. It either drives us to our knees in desperation. God, I want to serve you. I'm trying, but I can't. And like Paul, I I can't stop doing what I don't want to do. and, And I can't do what I know I should be doing. That's a desperate heart to serve and to please God according to the word. And when God finds that heart, he's going to offer that truth. Don't listen to anybody the devil sends because the devil also sees a desperate heart. And he'll send uh, a Mormon, a Jehovah's Witness, an atheist. He'll send somebody. The devils also see somebody that's desperate, spiritually desperate. And he sends people too. But God's going to send those that bring the testimony of his son the Lord Jesus Christ, and what causes that testimony to become a witness in us, truth in us, liberty and freedom in us, which is the message of the cross. If it's not the message of the cross, God didn't send that person to help you in your desperate situation in your great desire to live for God and finding that you can't. There's only that, That's one avenue. In that avenue, always... Uh, it involves the fear of the Lord and the Bible says in Psalms 25, 14 that the secret of the Lord is with them that fear Him and He shows them His covenant. That's the avenue you want to be found in. Desperate to serve God. Desperate to please God. But when you don't know how, He's going to bring you someone. He's going to allow He's going to show you that it's only through the Lord Jesus Christ and His way of the cross. No other way. Not just Jesus, but Jesus and His way of the cross. Because all those things you want to do that you can't do, the only way He made for you to be able to do is by His Spirit through faith and the sacrifice. And all those things you don't want to do anymore that you keep doing only through faith in where he put an end to all those things. He overcame all those things which was on his cross where you find victory and freedom and the, and, and the power of the Holy Spirit to serve God. And, 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 you know, we've heard through the years from these individuals who uh, were for a season in these churches preaching the message of the cross who would leave and they would uh, make comments such as, I wasn't getting fed anymore. And that just proves they don't really know what's on the table of the Lord and they're serving their own dish, so to speak. They're, 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 they're eating off a table that, that's not the table of the Lord. If you're, if you're eating the Word of God, uh, if you're partaking of the Word of God, uh, not everybody who says they are really is. But if you are, then you've got, you got to know what's on the table of the Lord, and that's what we're going to talk about today. You've you, you got to know what's on the table of the Lord. And let me say this before we get into this little session today. I've got to love God. I'm not, you know, loving God is not telling God I love God. Loving God is not basking through the feelings and emotions that music pours onto my, you know, all that stuff moves individuals. Jesus taught those that love me, obey me. And then he turned it around to make sure we get it. This is to help us be driven into a desperate state to know these things. Listen, Jesus said, those that love me obey me and those that don't love me are the ones not obeying me. 
Get that. So the, 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 the avenue we've talked about being desperate to serve God, desperate to, to, to please God according to the scriptures, it, it, he finds that desperation and he brings us to the light of the truth of the cross. Now listen, there's only one other option. There, there's only one other option. I've been in this other option. Ninety-something percent or higher of all Christians are in this position now. They're in this other avenue now, and that is we just make excuses for our sin. When I hear that to know God is to love God, but to love God is to obey God, and I see that I'm not obeying God. I'm not obeying God. I know what the Bible says to do, and I'm not doing it. And instead of becoming desperate for a move of God in my heart to be found obeying God, then I am... I'm found in the only other avenue that exists, and that's to make excuses. Under grace, I'll be desperate to serve and to please God because under grace, I see how much He loves me, what He did to prove that love and to manifest and to offer that love to me on Calvary's cross. Grace is there. If I'm making excuses as to why I'm not obedient, that only takes place under law. Romans 2, 14 and 15, write it down, read it after the broadcast, make a little note there. Under law, I make excuses about sin. Under law, I'm either excusing sin, if it's benefiting me, or when the sin is no longer benefiting me, then I'm accusing either myself or others of sin. That's what the Bible teaches. Under grace, I'm desperate to see that grace at work in my life giving glory and bearing fruit unto my heavenly Father through the Lord Jesus Christ. That means faith in His sacrifice. There is no victory, no experience of victory except through faith in the sacrifice. That's why the Lord gave Paul the apostle the revelation of the cross. Why We, we don't need to wonder why God gave Paul Paul the Apostle, the revelation of the cross. I'm sure there are many reasons that God did that, but one of the main reasons is, is because the Apostle Paul wanted to serve God, wanted to live for God, wanted to please God. And even after he was saved, he realized that after he'd been made alive without the law, Romans chapter 7, he was alive once without the law, but when the commandment came, when he turned back to the commandment, thought he could do it now by obeying, he could obey the law now, and he found out he still couldn't. He says, well, sin revived the sin nature, and I died. That means there I was in that desperate, unfruitful place of not being able to serve God, obey God, and please God. Because when I want to do that with my mind, wants to serve God, I know that's the right thing to do. Paul said there's something in me, in my members, that's hindering this, that's keeping this from happening. God saw that man wanting to serve God, Obey God, be pleasing to God, and, and the Lord gave him the revelation of the cross because it's, it's the only avenue that you and I can be found in experience, obeying, loving God. Do you understand that? Obeying and loving, love and obedience can't be separated. Jesus taught that. And that should drive us desperately to our knees every day. Lord, help me to be a better witness unto you, a greater testimony unto all that know me. Help me to be obedient today. Help me to see more clearly the cross of my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. You see, there is a position of obedience, but and that's settled to you in Christ at the right hand of the Father, but there also is a, an experience. It's a condition. It's called the sanctification process. Hallelujah. And you and I as Christians, the Bible says, we should be learning how to possess our vessels in sanctification and honor. Sanctification and that which pleases and honors God, which is sanctification. So if we don't know what's on the table, we might make a crazy 
ignorant comment about these churches that are preaching the message of the cross, well, I'm just not getting fed there anymore. No, somebody has slipped another dish on the wrong table and you've been deceived. That's all there is. And people who aren't hearing the message of the cross, the word of God dipped in the blood of Jesus, they're eating off the wrong platter. They're eating off the wrong platter. And what you eat is what's filling your heart. And we're going to see that as Jesus taught in Matthew chapter 5 today. Again, thanks for being with us here. And let's look at what Jesus taught in Matthew chapter 5 verse 6. Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Do you know, I don't really believe you can, you can, uh, you can hunger and thirst. Uh, I don't believe that you can hunger and thirst for God. Oh God, I want more of you. Lord, I just want more of you. Lord, I just want to be filled with you. If we don't understand righteousness, that we're always going to be limited. To, to, to be filled with God, to love God, is to be filled with His righteousness and to love His righteousness. Jesus taught it. Let's read it again this morning. Matthew 5 and 6. Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness. That's what they're going after. That's what they're seeking. That's what they, again today, are hasting hurriedly for is righteousness. If we don't know what it is, how can we be hungering and thirsting for it? That's why people can walk away from the message of the cross and say, I'm just not being fed anymore because they don't really even know what's on the Lord's table. They don't know what he's serving. Let me tell you what he's serving. He's serving righteousness. And if you've been saved, Romans chapter 6 verses 17 and 18 tell you and I as the children of God that we've been made servants of righteousness. And God can't be served outside of righteousness. He, listen, if we're hungering for more of God, we better start hearing about righteousness because if we're not hungering for His righteousness, help me now, we're really not hungering for Him. It's His righteousness that He's promised to fill us with. The fruits of His righteousness He's promised to fill us with. That doesn't mean that He'll give us a little dab, a little dab here, a little dab there. He says if we will hunger and thirst, this is spiritually, for His righteousness, He will fill us. That don't mean He'll, he'll halfway give us something. That means Jesus taught He will fill us. The way of being filled is to hunger and thirst for God's righteousness. Well, what is the righteousness of God? Very simply put, it is what is right and perfect in God's eyes. It is that alone which He justifies. It is that which He alone justifies. And God justified you only when He saw you believing with your heart unto righteousness. Romans 10 and 10. Glory be to God. It, the moment you heard about Jesus Christ dying for sinners and you heard that you could be forgiven and not go to hell but go to heaven, God loved you enough to give His Son. You believed upon that gospel. The Bible calls it you believing with the heart unto righteousness. See, for God to be able to justify you, He had to declare you righteous first because He won't justify anything that's not righteous, that's not right in His eyes. He won't get this now. He won't justify anything that's not righteous. The way He justified you and me, the Bible says in Romans 5 and 9, we've been justified by the blood. Romans 5 and 1 says we've been justified by faith. Again, verse 9, justified by the blood. Well, preacher, which is it? Are we justified by faith or are we justified by the blood? Well, they're one and the same. True biblical faith is faith in the blood. 
And those that say, well, not all the time, it's faith in the Word. No, if your faith, you think your faith is in the written Word, but it's not in the blood of Jesus, then your faith is really not even in the Word of God. Your faith must be forever anchored in the Lamb slain, the death of Jesus, the cross of Christ, the shed blood, however you want to talk about it, it must be the... It, your faith must be ever anchored in what Jesus did in death to redeem you and give you grace daily. Not just to overcome sin, but to give you grace daily. Hallelujah to the Lamb. Glory to God. So let's think about this. We, we, if we want to be filled, we've got a hunger and thirst after God's righteousness. So the only thing God justifies is that which is righteous. I want you to remember that statement. When you believed upon Christ and what He did on the cross concerning your sin so you could be forgiven, God first, and it all happened at once really, but really in the plan and the order of God, He declared you righteous, then justified you because He made you righteous in Christ Jesus. He can't justify anything that's not righteous. So knowing that, knowing that, He had to make you immediately in Romans 6, 17 and 18, a servant of righteousness because the only thing He justifies, whether it's you initially having made you righteous or it's fruit in your life, it's got to be righteous. It's got to be righteous. I firmly believe that we can bear out in the Scriptures that the only things that will be eternally remembered are the righteous fruits of Jesus Christ. The righteous fruit of the Lord Jesus Christ. Only that which He did that glorified the Father, whether it's saving you or, or, or that work that He's able to perform in you until the day of His appearing, if you keep your faith in that which allowed Him to begin that work, though these are the only things that's going to be eternally remembered. Everything else, the, the earth and the works therein, the Bible says, are going to burn up. And if it's not the work of Christ, then it can't glorify God. It can't be justified to be kept and eternally remembered as the righteous fruit of our God. I don't say this enough, but we need to start, we need to start saying it more than ever before. God only honors what God does because only what God does is righteous. Only what God does is righteous. So it must be Him working in me both to will and to do of his goodwill bearing His fruit of righteousness. And the only way that we're going to be filled with the fruits of His righteousness is if we're hungering and thirsting for that which is right and perfect in His eyes, which is the fruit of the cross, the fruit of the Holy Spirit, the fruits of our Savior and what He did at Calvary. Those are all one and the same thing. The Holy Spirit came to us because of the cross of Christ. But not just coming because of the cross, but He comes to apply the cross. Hallelujah. He's not applying anything else to our lives. And when we talk about, well, we've got to learn what it means to be a deacon in the church. If, you, if the blood of Christ is not being applied to your heart, you're not going to be a deacon according to the Scriptures. You're going to be a deacon according to this religious garbage. Really is what it is, religious unfruitfulness that's going on in the church and has a long time, a long, long time where men just honor men and look for honor from men instead of that scripturally which God honors. God don't honor anything that's not righteous. God doesn't honor anything that's not righteous. Nothing that's not righteous will ever be remembered. Nothing. I don't. Well, you mean we're not? And I'm, I'm not. I'm not going into all this detail stuff about what you're not going to remember. I've already answered that question. I'm amazed at how we can uh, hear really things that are scriptural and then still ask questions like, "Well, are we not going to remember if it's not the righteous fruit of what Jesus did at Calvary? If it is not right?" 
righteous, it will not be remembered. Because if it is not righteous, it is not what God did. And if it's not what God did, it's what we did, fleshly and carnal. And there's a lot of what we call good, and, 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 but, but it's not the righteous fruit of the Lord. And I'm telling you, folks, it ain't going to be remembered. We're headed to a city where indwells righteousness. Whether it's righteousness that we see when we get there or it's the fruits of His righteousness we bring with us to that place. Hallelujah. The fruit of what He's done. We are the fruit of His righteousness. He made us righteous in Christ. Robed us in His garment of righteousness. Set our feet on a path of righteousness. Promised us that if we would hunger and thirst for His righteousness, we'd be filled. If we'd learn to love His righteousness, then He would pour the oil of gladness in our hearts. Hallelujah. If we would seek His kingdom and His righteousness before and above all things, that He would add everything to our lives. We need to be like the Apostle Paul again today. Oh God, that I would be found not having my own righteousness, but that which is of God through the faith of the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. That's all that God has ever stamped and certified as pleasing to Him is His Son. And what His Son did at Calvary, everything's got to flow out of that. And not just because of that, but because of that alone alone and with the fruit of that alone. Hallelujah to the Lamb. Again, Jesus taught, Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. We're in the last moments of this age and God is raising up ministers of righteousness. Hallelujah. Jesus taught that when He comes again, it would be as in the days of Noah. Men would be eating and drinking and marrying and giving in marriage and just going about their business and all entangled up in their lives. They're all about themselves. They have really no interest in righteousness. But in the days of Noah, there was also a preacher of righteousness as the Bible calls Noah a preacher of righteousness. So those who come along and preach the cross and become determined to preach nothing else, to know nothing else, uh, well that lets us know it's a sign that there is coming very soon a Savior to take His people, a groom to take His bride. Hallelujah. God is coming for His people. Glory be to God. And those who love righteousness are going to be filled with the fruits of His righteousness. Righteousness is that which the child of God is called to hunger and thirst for. Hunger and thirst for. If you hunger and thirst for the Lord, biblically, scripturally, that means you're hungering and thirsting for righteousness. But if you don't know that, you could just be one of the uh, millions of apostate Christians who, who are just going through the motions and they're just emotional people. Love is not... Emo love, is, love can bring about emotions and feelings and absolutely will, but it is not love in and of itself. It is not a feeling or an emotion. It brings about feelings and emotions. And that's whether it's a worldly love or the love of God. Either one brings about, causes emotions and feelings. God gave us those things. But if we're trusting in them, my friend, He didn't give us anything but His Son and His Son's work on the cross to trust in. And again, you say, no, now we've got a whole Bible. But Jesus said the volume of the book is written of Him. And we live by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Yet to live is Christ and the life is in the blood. You can't separate the Word of God from the living Word of God and what He did as the Lamb of God on Calvary's cross. When you do, you're not reading your Bible with the eyes that God sees His words through. It, listen, it, 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 until we start hearing the Word of God from the top of Mount Calvary, we're still listening to it and studying it, reading it, and having it preached to us from Mount Sinai. 
You need to understand that until we see every jot and tittle from Calvary, I didn't say because of Calvary, because of Calvary and through Calvary, we're not seeing correctly. Our vision is blurred. The blood of Jesus, the cross of Christ, is all that takes away the blur. It's the only thing that removes the hazy places. Hallelujah to the Lamb. Glory to God. I know somebody's getting a hold of this today. Some people, they're in the church. They've crept in. They, they like the message of the cross for its doctrinal soundness, but they also still believe they need more. Listen, once you settle in your heart that you don't need anything more than who Jesus is and what he did at Calvary, then you're going to let all the racism, uh, prejudices, and all the stereotypical and all the cowboy church and the biker church and the, uh, the poor boy church and the, and the rich boy you're going to get out of all of that. You're going to get out of all of that, my friend. And the more you learn the Word of God in the context of the cross, the more we're going to see people gathered up and being planted where it pleases the Lord to plant them in the body of Christ. Hallelujah. And they're going to be planted in these ministries of righteousness, in these places of worship where the cross is the only thing being boasted in. Hallelujah. It's the only thing we see when we open our Bibles because, see, unless we're looking at the Word of God, God through the cross, not just because of the cross and us being saved, but what we're reading and studying and teaching and proclaiming. If we're not seeing the righteousness of God, if we're not doing it through the cross and making the focus of the Word of God, the sacrifice, the slain lamb, hallelujah, glory be to God. Yes, I hear you out there. Well, he's not slain anymore. He's resurrected. But read Revelation 5, and, and the song that's being sang in heaven is not about a resurrected Savior. It's about a slain lamb, glory be to God. The song that's being sang in heaven is, a, is to the one and about the one who was slain as a lamb. Glory be to God. I'm glad I know that today. Hallelujah. I'm glad I'm learning the truth. I'm glad that God was able to bring me out of a lot of lip flapping and bring me and plant me with others of this like precious faith. Hallelujah. 90% or higher of all the church that exists today is found in the apostate being led and influenced by an antichrist spirit because where the cross of Christ is not the boast and the exclusive boast <coughs> to the degree it's not the boast to the degree that the focus is anything else to that same degree is the antichrist spirit involved you've got to become determined to know nothing else other than Christ and Him crucified. The very truth that crushed the devil's head and took the power of death away from him, the only place that faith can be and eliminates his, his ground to function in in our lives, the only place that you can be found hidden in God, the only true scriptural place that you can literally be found hungering and thirsting for God's righteousness and Him being found filling you and pouring the oil of gladness into your heart and adding everything to your life and giving you the light you need for the path that lies ahead. You see, every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God is in righteousness. Write these things down, Proverbs 8 and 8. And His righteousness is only revealed in the gospel, Romans 1, 16 and 17. And this righteousness that He has made us in Christ Jesus, who is our light, it's the righteousness that we become in Christ that is our very light. Psalms 37, 6 tells us this, that our righteousness is as our light. Hallelujah. And our judgment being that righteous judgment is as the noonday. Read that in Psalm 37, 6 and shout glory, hallelujah to the Lamb. Hallelujah to the Lamb. Do you understand these things? <coughs> Are you seeing these things? Those who hunger and thirst for truth, for righteousness, God will bring them the truth that you're hearing this morning and other great truths so that he can do one thing. What's that? Show you his righteousness. Write these things down. Proverbs 12, 17, he that speaks truth shows forth righteousness. If the result of what we're hearing is not our seeing the righteousness of Christ through faith in what he did at Calvary, we're hearing 
truth twisted as Peter said many would twist the scriptures for their own destruction. The scriptures are twisted if we're not seeing the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus through faith in what he did at Calvary. Listen, the scriptures are being twisted for our own Corruption and destruction if the scriptures do not point to the one who said the volume of the book is written of him and what he did at Calvary to make what is written of him applicable to our own hearts by the blood of Jesus, then listen, my friends, we're listening to twisted words. They sound good. They move our emotions and our feelings and they make us think that we're on the right track. But the heart is deceitful and wicked above all things. And there is a way that that seems right to man, that makes man think he is right, but he is all the way wrong if he's not trusting all the way and exclusively in the cross of Christ again today. Hallelujah. Again today, what Jesus did on Calvary's cross is the only thing through my faith in that that will eliminate the death and the curse of the law. It will eliminate the enemy from being successful in my life. It will eliminate me from being weary-minded and quitting. It's the only thing that keeps me hidden. The cross of Christ, hallelujah. Glory to God. There's no need in going through this life as a Christian miserable as though the devil's got his foot on your neck when the Bible says that the Lord has crushed his head. And you can learn to live in this victory. I'm not talking about new houses and new cars and all. I'm talking about victory over sin, victory over that defeated thing that you've experienced for far too long. But you, my friend, have got to learn what it means to hunger and thirst after righteousness. Are you hungry for righteousness? Are you thirsty for righteousness? Are you? I'm not, you, you, listen, if you're not hungry and thirsty for righteousness, you're not hungry for God. God can only be hungered and thirsted after when it's righteousness that we're hungering and thirsting for. To, to say I'm hungry for more of you and it not mean more of you functioning in my life and bringing about the fruits of that which is right to you, that which you're justifying as righteous fruit in your eyes, then we're just caught up in emotions and feelings. And really that's what most of the church is caught up in today. And I'm talking about those that gather and, 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 and have their hands lifted and crying and, and and, and, and all these things that should be going on, but if they don't know their hunger's got to be for righteousness, their thirst has got to be for righteousness, then they're not going to be found eating at the Lord's table. And you say, well, brother, you don't have to really know all these things. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. You have to know truth to walk in truth. You have to be hearing truth to see righteousness. And my friend, if you're not tasting of the truth of the Lord Jesus Christ and what he did at Calvary, there's no appetite for righteousness. It is the truth of the cross that births that appetite for righteousness in you. You being declared righteous in His eyes through that blood that was shed for you on Calvary's cross. The moment we were born again, there was an appetite for righteousness. Remember Romans chapter 6 verses 17 and 18. God made you a servant of righteousness. What does that mean? That means instantly there was a hunger to serve God, there was a hunger and a thirst to be filled with that which would please God and that alone, my friends, is righteousness. That alone is righteousness. He's not pleased outside of righteousness. That's why he's not pleased outside of faith. It's impossible to please God without faith. And that's not just faith in anything. That's the faith of the Son of God through which we were declared righteous. And if we keep our faith in what it was in in the beginning, meaning the Redeemer's death at Calvary, then that hunger and that thirst will be there. And if it is properly 
there through faith in the sacrifice, that which birthed the hunger, that which made us servants of this righteousness that we've been made that's found only in Christ through faith in the cross, then it will grow. It will be increased. Hallelujah. Jesus taught that those who have hearing, more will be given. But the only people who really scripturally, properly want more hearing and will be given that hearing are those who have it for the right reason. Those who have it for the right reason. Why did Jesus tell all of those parables? But he explained it to these, his disciples. And he said it's not given to them because in seeing they see not and in hearing they hear not. They're following me for the wrong reason. You're following me because you know I'm the Redeemer. I'm the Christ, the Son of the living God. Therefore, it's... These are given to you. There's a lot of people meeting and crying out to God, but if they don't know the, the only avenue of meeting with Him and communing with Him, the New Testament says that our communion is in the blood and the body of the Lord Jesus Christ. And that, my friends, is what brings us to this part of this session. What's on the table is only one meal. It's only one meal. It's that which produces righteousness. The, the, the flesh, the body, and the blood, the wine of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's the only thing that's on the table. So when the message of the cross is left out, we slide a different meal. Well, no, 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 no. The whole table is changed. It's not just another meal on the table of the Lord because the Lord only has one one meal, one provision on his table. And that's the body and the blood of his son. That's it. That's it. And when you partake of that meal, that means you're partaking of the sacrifice through faith in the cross of Jesus Christ and what he did there for you. You're, part you're not partaking of the Lord's table outside of faith in the cross. Because the only thing that's on the table of the Lord is that, well, that which, when eaten, fills you with righteousness. Hunger and thirst for God's righteousness, and He will fill you with the fruits of that righteousness. But what's on the Lord's table is the body and the blood. That's it. Let's read some things. Psalms 23, 5. Listen carefully. Write these things down. Look at them. The psalmist says, You prepare a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. You anointest my head with oil, my cup runs over. Get this though, the first portion of this scripture. The Lord prepares a table for His people in the presence of His enemies, of our enemies. Now, Let's read Psalms chapter 5, verse 8. Lead me, this is Psalms chapter 5, verse 8. Lead me, O Lord, in your righteousness because of my enemies. Make thy way straight before my face. Now, let's read that again. Because the Lord has surely set a table before his people in the very presence of the enemies. The enemy. The enemies of the cross. Whether they be all mixed up in the church or they be outside. Who? We have a table the Lord has prepared for us even in the presence of our enemies. But Psalms 5 and 8 says, Lead me, O Lord in your righteousness because of my enemies. So what's on the table that's needed that God has prepared for us in the presence of our enemy is that which produces righteousness because His righteousness is what I need because I have enemies. Those that are against God, God's plan, God's people. Against His Son, against His Son way, the cross. Righteousness 
It's what we need. Whoever wrote that song, righteousness, righteousness is what you want from me, what I need. You know the song. I am not a singer, but you know the song. That's a powerful song. It's what God requires to see among his people. And it's what we're required to be in the experience of or the enemy has grounds to do many harmful and corrupting and things that bring destruction to us. He roars as a lion seeking whom he may devour. And the only ones he's not allowed to devour are those who are hungering and thirsting after righteousness, being filled with that righteousness. Who are they? Those that fear the Lord and he's showing them his covenant. Psalms 25, 14. Who are they? Those that want to serve God, please God, and obey God. And he finds them in that desperate situation and he shows them Calvary. He doesn't show them the cross of Christ so they can go home and say, Oh yeah, Jesus is my obedience. I can just keep going and excuse my sin. No, Jesus is my obedience. Hallelujah. That's the obedience God saw and me believing in that obedience of His unto death that God accredited His obedience unto me. That's when I became obedient. Romans chapter 6 teaches that. But if I just settle right there, and I begin to say, yeah, Jesus is my obedience, and I'm living in sin, I've missed the boat, my friend. I've missed the boat. Everybody wants a Jesus that died for their sin, but not many want to walk with him in the truth that they also died with him, and that they, you and I as Christians, have to daily deny ourselves, take up our cross again. Jesus taught every day to be able to walk with him, to follow him because he only leads in righteousness. Proverbs 8 and 20. I lead, that word means walk. I lead in the way of righteousness. He has to. It's the way of victory. That's why Paul could write in 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 14 through 16, Thanks be to God who always leads us in triumph. But that don't mean He just leads us in triumph out there in all these other avenues. He leads us in the triumph of His righteousness. The righteousness of Christ is what's being offered on the table of God through what is on the table of God, and that's the body and the blood. If you Listen, if you walk away from a ministry that's focused on the cross of Christ, uh, oh my goodness, uh, saying you're not being fed, then you really don't know what's on the table of the Lord, and you've wrote your own menu. Oh, that's what the church has done. They've wrote their own menu, and your menu don't fit on the table of the Lord, only His menu. You got your own menu, the government of 12, the purpose-driven life, the celebrate recovery, anything that you say God's working through, well, that's what Israel said about their golden calf. They put it right beside the altar. When God sees two objects of faith, He's only got one question for us, my friend, and that's now who's really on the Lord's side because if you got two objects of faith, that means you're confused and you don't really think the cross, the sacrifice was enough. It's got to be added to. And the more we add to it, the more we eliminate ourselves and the further we fall, Galatians chapter 5 says, from grace which is what God is doing. Come on, somebody. You ought to be shouting where you are right there in that kitchen. Hallelujah. You ought to be shouting right there where you are on that job. You ought to let out a hallelujah right now. Oh, glory to God. This could be good enough to you to pull your car over to the side of the road and just go to praising God for the Lamb. Hallelujah. Woo! Once you begin to see the cross for what it really is, once you begin to study God's Word and listen to God's Word being taught in the context only of your Savior and what He did on the cross, that that increase of hunger. You praying God to increase the hunger in you for more of Him? Well, you need to be really praying, God, show me the cross more clearly. Show me what the Lamb slain really means for me again on this day. Hallelujah. Oh, show me what I really have in Him so I'll quit begging and just start believing for what already has been given to me. Glory be to God. Show me what it really means that the right 
righteous don't have to beg for bread. Oh, hallelujah, that we won't never beg for bread because he's already got it on the table. That bread is the body of the Lord Jesus Christ in death. That bread can't be partaken of unless it's broken bread you're partaking of. Glory be to God. You can't partake of the bread of God unless you're partaking of broken bread. And that bread was only broken for you on Calvary's cross. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Did you get this? The Lord's prepared for His people a table right in the presence of our enemies. We hadn't got to run and tuck tail. Jesus right there, Jesus came into this world, hallelujah, on a mission to destroy the works of the devil and He did it perfectly and completely without ever lifting a finger because He trusted in the one who judges righteously. Let's read that this morning. Woo! Hallelujah! Glory be to God. 1 Peter chapter 2 verse 23 and 24 Who, Jesus, when he was reviled, reviled not again. When he suffered, he threatened not, but committed himself to him that judges righteously. How did Jesus not revile back? How did Jesus keep bearing the fruit of the one that sent him? How did Jesus not threaten those that were threatening him? How did Jesus not get all entangled up in the national pride of Israel but stay in that which would provide what Israel needed? How did Jesus stay in that and and keep the focus because he committed himself to the one who only judges righteous judgment? Let's read it again. But he committed himself to him that judges righteously. What's that mean? Read the next verse where the the focus always goes. People who say the the focus of all the Bible is not the cross are the people who don't have the focus of the Bible. I I hope eh, people call you ugly for that. But my Lord, what do you think they call Noah and John the Baptist? Uh, Jesus said they killed all the prophets. Have you ever wondered why the people of God killed all the prophets? Because they prophesied of Him. Jesus said they, they killed all the prophets because they spoke of Him. And most folk today don't really want a Redeemer intermeddling with their daily lives. Now they want the thought floating around that they're not going to hell and burning a lake of fire forever. So they've got some Jesus in their mind. But listen, Jesus said, if you listen, if you're going to come after the Jesus of the Bible, the one who gave his life on Calvary's cross for you, you're going to have to deny yourself of all these things that would stop you from taking up your cross again today to be able to follow him. He can't be followed without a cross. But why? Because the cross is the only avenue of righteousness. And without the fruit of righteousness, we're not following the one we claim we are. If it's not the fruits of his righteousness, then it's the fruits of self-righteousness. And all self-righteousness is the manifestation of not following Christ, at least following him with his fruits. You say, well, Peter messed up a lot. That's right, and Peter kept following him. And the things that you heard that Peter did, even though he was still messing up after Pentecost, come on somebody, Galatians chapter 2, he was still stepping into big pieces of stupid in the flesh and carnality of his flesh and and being moved by things other than the Spirit of God after Pentecost. Well, Pentecost wasn't the answer. Paul stood up and preached to Peter the answer even after Pentecost, not being Pentecost, but don't you know, Peter, we're not justified by the works of the law, but through the faith of the Lord Jesus Christ. You can read it in Galatians chapter 2, and you should be reading that, because a lot of people think Pentecost is the answer for victory. Peter was full of the Holy Ghost. He still found himself at times not living in victory. 
needing to hear that message of what? Justification. Paul didn't say, well, Peter, don't you know you're filled with the Holy Ghost? What do you got going on here? You need to remember you're filled with the Holy Ghost. He didn't because that's not the answer. The answer is, hey, Peter, don't have you forgotten we're not justified by works but by the faith of the Lord Jesus Christ. <laughs> hey, glory be to God. Hallelujah. Somebody's getting happy today. Let's read this 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 23 and 24 again. Who Jesus, when he, Jesus, was reviled, he didn't revile them back. When he suffered, he didn't reach out to threaten somebody. Somebody better be grabbing a hold of this because of what's coming to this nation. God's going to be looking for the fruit of his people. <laughs> and what's coming to this nation, you can mark this down, are things this nation has never seen and never known. The Great Depression What's coming, the Great Depression will look like we want to get back to it. What's coming, God is going to be looking for the fruit of His righteousness. Not everybody's going to hear it. Not everybody's going to want to know it because many who are threatened are going to be reviling back. Many who are suffering are going to cause others to suffer. That's those only who got the same problem Israel had. This national pride, this trust in horses and chariots, this trust in kings and presidents, this trust in... Lord's teaching our nation right now, He don't care who the president is. They ain't none of them the answer. His son, His son's cross, and what it produced, His righteousness is the answer. And God is looking for that today. I hope you're one who's bearing the fruit of it. He didn't, he, he didn't revile back when he was being reviled. He didn't uh, 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 threaten those that were causing him to suffer, but he committed himself to him that judges righteously, who in his own, who his own self bear, listen, who his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree, that we being dead to sins should live unto righteousness, by whose stripes you were healed. Not talking about physically healed here. Living unto righteous is the context. <clears throat> Somebody needs to get that too. Somebody needs to get that too. Don't twist the scriptures for you'll be confused and you may even end up mad at God for not doing what you thought he ought to do. This scripture is about living under righteousness, serving under righteousness. Romans 6 teaches there's only two avenues to be found in all the earth to be serving. Only two for the lost and the saved. There's only, for the lost, they only have one avenue because they're lost, they're serving the sin nature unto death. Death, they're separated in death, spiritual death from God. But if we accept the Lord Jesus Christ and what He did at Calvary for the forgiveness of my obvious guilt of sins, He becomes my Savior, He becomes my righteousness, I made a servant of His righteousness, and the only way I can serve God, Romans 6 teaches it, and God be glorified in me, and me bear forth the fruits of His righteousness, is if my faith is in that which allowed me to be initially made a servant of righteousness, that being the cross of Christ, that form that was delivered me, that freed me from my sin, and at the same time made me a servant of righteousness. God can't be served by His people outside of righteousness. And God forbid we be serving God just as the world does, just like the grass does and the sun does and the devil does. Everything is serving God. But you and I have the opportunity to hunger and thirst after His righteousness to bear forth the fruit of that which He promised to fill us with that glorifies our Heavenly Father. And that's the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. It's the only way God can be served 
and the fruit be what he's looking for, that of righteousness. I hope you've been blessed today. I hope you've been encouraged. Those of you who are hungering and thirsting for righteousness, I already know you have. Those of you who are looking for truth, I already know you have. Many of you may still be struggling. Many of you may listen to broadcasts like this one to try to find fault with it, but you're not going to find any, not, not in our scriptural teaching. You might find fault with me, of course, but you're not going to find fault in the, in, in the context of God's Word as the light of Calvary shines on its pages. Because only through that avenue is it applied in our hearts. God, the Holy Spirit was sent because of the cross to apply the cross to our hearts. That way, the experience of God's Word as our light for our path of righteousness can be our experience every day. Luke wrote in chapter 1, verses 74 and 75, that we can serve God every day without fear in righteousness and holiness. Only in righteousness and holiness. And He can't be served in righteousness if my faith, identifiable faith, is not in the cross of Christ. God is only served through faith in the the cross of Christ. Only served through faith in the cross of Christ at least to the point where he finds the righteousness. Paul, that I may be found, found by my God today, not having my own righteousness, not just going through the motions, but that which is of God through the faith of our Lord Jesus Christ. God bless you. I do love you in the Lord and I'm praising God for all those God is calling out of the places that are nothing more than dead, whitewashed places and He is replanting them where it pleases Him to plant them in the body of Christ and together with this like precious faith we can mind the same thing, we can speak the same thing And we can be found growing together as our lives are becoming the gospel. Hallelujah. If God stirs your heart to be a blessing to this ministry, you can do that at thecrosswaychurch.com. You can also text the word GIVE to the number 903-231-5950. God bless you. We love you. Have a wonderful day in the Lord. And until next time, stay determined to know absolutely Nothing but Christ and Him crucified. We'll see you then.